Well, good morning, OneChurch.tv. How are you guys doing on this rainy day? Fantastic. Most of you guys seem actually awake. So I could not say that to the 845 crowd because they were snoozing. So I think it's dry in here, right? You're in a recliner with a cup holder. It doesn't get much better than that. I'm just saying. So welcome to OneChurch.tv. If you're in the room or if you're ever in the video theater, we want to welcome you. Or if you're hanging out with us on Facebook Live or Church Online, welcome. Uh, We are in week two of a series we're calling Compelled, where we're going through the book of Acts. And uh, we're so glad that you chose to hang out uh, with us today. I read a really uh, cool story this week that I just want to share with you. Um, A cool story about uh, a guy by the name of Alfred Tomatis. More than a half a century ago, Alfred Tomatis, he's a doctor, was confronted with the most curious case of a 50-year career as an otolaryngologist. You may ask, what is that? I'm going to tell you. Uh, A renowned opera singer had mysteriously lost his ability to hit certain notes, even though these notes were well within his octave. Uh, This uh, opera singer went to other uh, uh, ear, nose, and throat doctors. That's what an otolaryngologist is. And they all said that he had a problem with his voice. But Dr. Tomatis, he thought otherwise. So using a sonometer, Dr. Tomatis discovered that this opera singer produced 140 decibel sound waves at just a meter's distance. Now, that is really, really loud. That's slightly louder than a military jet taking off from an aircraft carrier. And, of course, it was even louder inside his own skull. That discovery led to a diagnosis that the opera singer had been deafened by the sound of his own voice. Interesting. If you can't hear a note, you can't hit a note. In Dr. Tomatis' words, the voice can only reproduce what you can hear. The French Academy of Medicine dubbed it the Tomatis effect. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Well, Simply this, I think we all have problems. I know I have problems. You probably have problems. If we put all of our problems together, we would discover that we have emotional problems in this room, spiritual problems, physical problems, relational problems. But I think the majority of those problems really come down to hearing problems, ears that have been deafened to the voice of God. And it's our inability to hear God's voice that caused us to lose our way and to lose our own voice. So let me make a bold statement this morning, and it's simply our big idea today. It's going to be on the screen. Learning to hear God's voice is the key to discovering who we are. Learning to hear God's voice is the key to discovering who we are and what your next step is and what you're supposed to be doing in life, that hearing God's voice, learning to hear God's voice is the solution to a thousand problems, but it's also the key to discovering and fulfilling our potential. If your life is off key here this morning, maybe it's because you've been deafened by other voices besides God, that you really can't hear God's voice because your voice is too loud. You think about all the things that you need to do and how you don't measure up and how you're not enough and how if you were just a little smarter, if you didn't better in school, if you were just a little skinnier or whatever that looks like, whatever your voices tell you inside of your head and you can't hear the voice of God. Maybe it's because other people are condemning you and they're telling you what you're not and what you should be doing and they're talking down to you and because you're listening to their voice, you can't hear God's voice. So let me start off our morning by simply asking you a question. Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? 
And if it isn't, I can tell you, you're going to have some problems. We live in a culture where everyone wants to have his or her voice to be heard, but we all have so very little to say. And that's because we do so very little listening, especially to God. The best way to get people to listen to us is for us to listen to God. Why? Because then we'll have something to say that's actually worth hearing. Ultimately, we all need to find our voice. And I, what I mean by that is that unique message that God wants to speak through our lives. But finding our voice starts with hearing his voice. So today, we're going to be looking at a story in Acts chapter 13 in the, four, the first four verses about a group of guys who really needed to hear from God. And when they did, it changed their world. And not only their world, but the world, all of the world that they impacted. So what can we learn about hearing God in our own lives? I'm going to read this story in its entirety, these four short verses, and then we're going to dig into it a little bit more. Verse 1. Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Medan, the childhood companion of Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, there it is, they got to hear from God. And here's what they heard. Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have for them. So after, look at this, more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands upon them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. Have you ever struggled to hear God's voice? How do you know when God is telling something to you to you, or maybe it's just in your own head, right? How do you know when God is telling you, hey, you need to do this, or maybe you just had some bad pepperoni pizza the night before, right? How do you know that God is telling you to do something? How do you know what God wants in your life? When you have two opportunities, and which one, God, is it going to be this one or that one? How do you know? That's what we're going to look at today. And if you're here, and if you've ever asked that question, you are not here by mistake. Because God wants to communicate with you. He wants to talk to you in a gentle whisper. Let's dig back through these verses. Verse 1. Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch of Syria. Let me just hit the pause button right here. You see, what's happening, and we've looked at this in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about Jesus everywhere, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. See, it's moved from Jerusalem now, and now it's in Judea and Samaria, Antioch. That's where the the big mega church is moved. So they got some questions. They, They want to hear from God. And here are the guys who are part of that church. There is Barnabas. By the way, his name means son of encouragement. How would you like to have a name like that? See, some of you people have called you sons of something else, right? Right? But see, he was a son of encouragement. And then there's Simeon called the black man. There's Lucius from Cyrene. Manan the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas and Saul. I mean, this was a really diverse group, really diverse. There are two from Africa, 
There are one or two from Jerusalem, and then one of the guys who are from Jerusalem says they were childhood friends with royalty. I mean, his best friend was like the had money and political power. He kind of grew up around silver spoons in people's mouths, and then he became a Christ follower. So this is saying that this is a very diverse group here of people, of leaders in the church in Antioch. By the way, I love our church. I love that the church of God, not just one church, but all churches, that we're called to be diverse. I love that our church is so diverse. We're such a a melting pot of multi-ethnic, multi-generational, different economic groups with different backgrounds. God calls us to unity, not to uniformity. Do you know the difference? Let, let, Let me tell you the difference. Uniformity. Let's talk about that one. Uniformity says you have to be just like me. Uniformity says in order to fit in, in order to become a part of us, you got to look like us, talk like us, vote like us, and be just like us. Uniformity says everyone has to be the same. But that's not what God calls us to. God calls us to unity. See, unity appreciates people's differences. Unity recognizes and values individual uniqueness, that God made us different for a reason. Uniformity is all about acting the same outwardly. Unity is about being of one mind internally, of spirit and purpose and mission. You see, one is all about appearances on the outside. Some of you, you've been to churches like that. It's all about the appearances on the outside. The other is about what's going on on the inside. It's all about unity. Verse 2, and one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, we're going to talk about that, the Holy Spirit said, put a pin in that, Because that's what we're really digging into today. Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work which I have for them. So after more prayer and fasting, the men laid their hands and the Holy Spirit sent them out. They were fasting and praying. Uh, This was so incredibly important for them to hear from God at this moment because they needed to know what the next step was. What was the next step about fixing a broken world? People are worshiping empty idols. People's lives were coming apart. People's marriages were blowing up from the inside out. And these guys had the answer. But what are we supposed to do, God? These guys we see become the very first missionaries. But it all starts with first hearing the voice of God. So how do you practically hear from God? How do you know what to do and when to do and how to hear it? Well, I'm going to give you four or five things and then we're going to be done. First is you got to create some margin so that you can worship God. You got to create some margin. What is margin? Create some space. Hear me. God often speaks the loudest when we're the quietest. You got to create some margins so that you can worship God. Verse two. One day as these men were worshiping, In fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Let's talk about the first one, worshiping. You see, worshiping, I don't think it was just a weekend service, though that's important. It's good to come every Sunday uh, to be with God's people, to be encouraged, and to set aside some time. But I think it was just more than that. You see, we've got to seek God more than just the weekend. And because they set aside time daily, they heard God's voice. You see, I think God has an incredible adventure for your life, for you to follow him, that there's this piece of this broken world that God really wants you to impact, but you're going to miss it if you don't take time out and create some margin to spend time with God. So they were worshiping, yes, 
That was Sunday morning, but that was every day. But there were also fasting. Well, what is that? Some of you know what fasting is. Some of you are like, I don't do fast. I do slow, right? But let me tell you what fasting means. Fasting all throughout the scripture is setting some time aside so that you could spend more time with God. Many times we think of fasting as abstaining from food, but honestly, it can also, you can fast from TV, fast from movies or the internet, or stop spending money, or fast from Facebook or Twitter. The point of fasting is simply this, to pick something that, 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 that consumes your life, that takes your attention and time away from God, and stop doing that for a season so that you can start spending more time with God. How would your life look different. If you said, you know what, I'm going to, all the time I normally spend on Facebook, I'm going to not be on that app, but I'm going to be on the Bible app and I'm going to read God's word. You see, some of y'all, you would be doctors in religion, right? You would. Some of you, you need to take some time in order to create that margin. You got to worship, you got to spend time with God every day, and you got to cut some things out so that you can actually spend time with God. You see, here's the point. Worshiping and fasting is all about creating margin, but there is a price that you're going to have to pay if you want to hear God's voice. In fact, that price is elaborated on in Psalm 46.10. It says this, be still, be still. Turn to the person next to them and say, be still. Now, see, some of you, when somebody tells you to be still, you already start itching, don't you? You're like, I got to check my phone, right? He says, be still. And if you're still, what's going to happen? Be still and know that I am God. God often speaks the loudest when we're the quietest. Be still. But I'm telling you, being still is difficult because we want to get on our smartphones. We want to get on Facebook Messenger, Twitter. We want to do whatever. Be still. You see, we all start thinking about the stuff we need to do, and then the phone rings and all this stuff, and just being still is hard, but hear me, busyness keeps us from hearing God. Busyness keeps us from hearing God. It's hard to hear God when we live a busy life without margin. I mean, I believe that nobody lived a busier life than Jesus. And the reason why is because people are always pulling at Jesus. Think about this. If you had had the ability to heal anybody and everybody, and to change basically their quality of their life, how many people would be calling you up? Everybody, right? Hey, what you doing today? I got a bunion on my toe. Can you come over, right? I mean, honestly, everybody was always pulling and, and saying, Jesus, we need more of you and more of you here. But listen to what Jesus did. How did he hear from God? Mark one thirty five. very early in the morning while it was still dark. You see, he had to, he had to define very early in the morning, didn't he? Because some of you, early in the morning for you is 11 o'clock, right? It's been sunlight for quite some time. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, look what Jesus did. Jesus got up, left the house. He went off to a what? Solitary place. What is solitary? Just he's alone where he prayed. You see, there's something uh, something worth getting up early besides just hunting and fishing right? Sometimes it's worth getting up early because that's the only time Jesus could get any space and margin so he could spend time with God. It's hard to be effective on a steady diet of activity. If you're going to be effective, if you want to hear from God, you got to create some margin. Look at the second thing. Number two, set your heart default to yes. 
set your heart default to yes. In order to hear from God, you just need to be a yes person. And what do I mean by that? Well, there's this guy in the Old Testament named Isaiah whom God used in some really significant ways. God was using Isaiah because Isaiah set apart margin and a time to worship God. And during that time, God spoke to him. And this is what God said. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Now, God is saying to Isaiah, Whom shall I send? What is the correct answer? Me. Exactly right. But let's just TV time out. If I was Isaiah... I'm going to ask a little bit more questions than that, right? Okay, wait. You want me to go somewhere. What do you work? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? And how is it going to work out in the end for me? Those are the three questions I want, right? I, I, what, what, what do you want me to go? I want to know the where. Russia, nay, nay. Ukraine, Uzbekistan, nay, nay, right? If it's somewhere close to Hawaii or Florida, here am I, send me Jesus, Right? See, I want to know where, I want to know where I'm going to say, and then I'm going to know, I want to know how is it going to work out for me in the end. You see, Isaiah didn't do any of that. He didn't, he, he, let, me, let me just show you what Isaiah said. He just said, and I said, hereby send me. Isn't that interesting? You see, he got his marching orders after he said Yes. And what's so interesting about Isaiah, it didn't end so well for him. Do you know he was sawn in two? But before that happened, God used him in a mighty, mighty way, and he heard God's voice. But so many times, we don't hear God's voice because our attitude is like, you got to prove it to me, people, right? I want to know the answers. And so he got his marching orders after he said yes, and this, I see the same thing with Saul and Barnabas. Acts Back to Acts 13 too. The Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul, look at this, for the special work which I have for them. Well, where does that special work? I'll let you know when you say yes. I'll let you know. Why would God reveal his will to you if you may or may not do it? And for, see, for some of you, that's the reason why you don't know what next step you need to take now. Because God has told you to do some stuff, and you're like, uh... No, right? You see, when we read God's word very clearly, he says, hey, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do this. I want you to honor me with your finances first. I want you to spend time with me. And we're like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give to God. I'm not going to give to God. But God, I want you to tell me what you want me to do. And God's like, Joker, I've already told you what to do, and you're not obeying it. So why am I going to share with you more of my will and what you should do when you're not Obeying what I've already showed you. You see, say yes. Open the door. Say yes to the situations that stretch and scare you. And say, when God says, I want you to do this, you just say yes. So first, create some margin. So God to speak. Secondly, have this attitude of just saying yes. And third, listen to the voice of God. That These men clearly heard the voice of God. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, look at this, the Holy Spirit said. How do they know it was the Holy Spirit? Was it audible? Can I be real with you guys? I, you know, I'm a pastor. I've been in the ministry now for 25 years now. Uh, I've, I've been to seminary. I can speak Greek and Hebrew, and I'm telling you, I have never, ever heard the audible voice of God. But I do believe he speaks audibly. You see, God has an outside voice, and he's not afraid to use it. 
But when God wants to really be heard, when he wants, when what he has to say is too important for us to miss, he often speaks in a whisper just above the absolute threshold of hearing. Think about this. When somebody whispers to you, when someone speaks in a whisper, you have to get very close to hear them, right? In fact, you have to put your lips right up to their ears. I mean, think about how intimate that is, that we lean towards a whisper, and that's exactly what God wants us to do to him. You see, the goal of hearing God's voice is not just hearing his voice, but it's intimacy with him. That's what God wants from you and from me, an intimate relationship with him. Have you ever, but you, have you ever struggled just knowing if it was from God or if that was just a bad burrito from the night before? Right? I mean, I wish it was a little bit more clear. Maybe somebody, as they were praying, as they were worshiping and fasting, somebody just kind of got a holy hunch, an impression. Hey, here's what I think God is calling us to do God's whisper. How, how do you learn to recognize the voice of God? Well, 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. Every part of Scripture. By the way, every. How, what is every? All. Every. Exactly right. All, all of Scripture is what? God breathed. The Greek word is rhema, rhema. And you can almost hear the breath, and it literally means breath or whisper. That all of Scripture is the whisper of God, and it is useful for one way or the other. Showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, or just training us to live God's way. You see, when we open God's word, God opens his mouth. Did you know that? See, some of you are like, give me a sign, give me a sign. And God's like, dude, I've given you 66 signs. They're called books of the Bible. Read them, right? The surest way to get into God's presence is to get into God's word. It changes the way we think. It changes our attitude. It changes the way we feel. And it changes the way we live and the way that we love. So let me just give you three exercises to hear God's voice. First one, take time out daily to read God's word. Why? Because the words of God are found in the word of God, the Bible. I would encourage you to sit margin every day to spend time with God. It doesn't have to be three hours. It can be 15 minutes. And I'm telling you, you can go on the Bible app. In fact, I have a, 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 a devotional at the very end of our time today that you can go over there and click. It's called Whisper. And it's talking about what we're talking about today. But do that. Carve out some time. If you ever want to hear God's voice, one person said this, open up God's word and speak it out loud, and that's God's voice. Because God spoke through his word. Secondly, don't fill your time with God with just words. Listen in silence. Uh, Think about this. Have you ever been around those friends that just talk, 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 talk? Anybody been around that? Right? Uh, just like a chatty Kathy doll, that like, but they're pulling their own string. Right? How many of y'all, you got friends like that? Those people didn't raise your hands? You'd have a friend. Just telling you. I mean, you try to hang out with friends like that, and they always got something to say and something to talk, and they're talking, 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 and you never can get into words edgewise. I wonder if that's how our Heavenly Father feels when we pray to Him. God, do this and fix this, and Lord, I need more money here, and will you fix my, fix my uh, husband, fix my wife, fix my kids, right? Amen. And then you turn on the radio. And God's like, I, I, I want to tell you something. You see, sometimes you just need to sit in silence. Sometimes you don't need to say amen. 
you read, you pray, and you just say this, God, I'm just going to be silent for a while. Is there anything that you want to say to me? And you just listen. And I promise you, if you do, you're gonna, God's going to give you that hunch, that impression that comes. It may not happen every day, but it will happen. Third, when you're praying in a group, leave silence for God to speak. You know, I think where community is really found in our small groups is when we pray for one another. And in that, in that time where we say, okay, let's open up for prayer requests and people start, you know, giving out requests, requests. And one of three things happens when that happens. The first one, God, you know, please pray for Aunt Margaret, this and that. Um, and, uh, and, we, and that's kind of, kind of what we do. And we say amen. And there's some people, before they say amen, God, please pray for this. And everybody's like, mm, mm. You ever heard Christians do that? Mm. One person asked, what is up with the Christian mooing? Mm. Mm, right? Well, I don't quite know what that is, but I just think when somebody's saying we agree with it, we're like, mm, right? And then it's amen, and then we go eat, or we end group or whatever. That, that's one way of doing it. I don't think that's the best way. Maybe, or we're like this. Y'all remember before the flu season was so bad that we used to hold hands in prayer? You remember that, right? And everybody kind of go around and pray, but you were kind of embarrassed, so you didn't want to pray, so you just kind of squeezed the hand next to you, like, right? That wasn't like somebody going, hey, boo, what you doing now? No, they were like, we're squeezing my hand so that you go pray, because I'm not going to pray, right? And that's it. What if we did things a little bit differently? What if, how about at the end of praying in group, don't say amen. You simply say this, okay, God, we're just going to be quiet for a minute, and we just want to listen to you. And it's going to get real uncomfortable because it's quiet. We have a tendency to fill quiet with noise. But give God margin. And at the end of that silence, in that couple of minutes, you simply say, does anybody have an impression of what God may be saying to us during this time? If they don't, amen, let's go eat, right? So, so we looked at this. We create margin for God to speak. Secondly, let your heart default be yes. Third, listen to God's voice that's found in God's word. And fourth, look at this, and this is important, confirm God's direction in community. This is a big one, guys. Confirm God's direction in community. If you don't do this, this is where your life can go off the rails really, really quickly. This is what it says in verse 3. So after, look at this, more fasting and prayer. So this wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. They spent some time in community wrestling with this. The men laid their hands upon them and sent them on their way. Confirm God's direction in community. That's important. This was a major decision, and over major decisions, listen. And if you think, hey, this is what God's telling me, talk to other Christians. Hey, this is what I think God's saying. What do you think about that? In fact, I believe that you always need to do this, and here's the reason why. One guy said he had heard from God that he was supposed to start dating this girl, that he was going to marry this girl. I'm like, whoa, Sparky, let's hang on just for a sec, right? And I'm like, how did you hear from God? The person says, well, God gave me a sign. Okay, give me some more. What do you mean by that? Well, I was driving down the interstate, and there was this billboard, Lamar billboard, and it was advertising this product, and the first letter of the product 
was the first letter of the girl that I wanted to start dating. Okay, I'm saying, okay, give me some more here. And then there was a phone number to call, and there was two digits in that phone number, and it was her age. And I'm like, wow. And, you know, and, and I'm thinking, okay, so he went ahead and asked her out, and boy, was her husband angry. I'm just telling you, not everything comes from God, right? In fact, this is what 1 John 4, 1 says. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are what? From God. You got to test every hunch, test every leading. Here's what I know, that when God speaks, it's always consistent with his word, always. He's not going to tell you something that's different, that, that something that's found in God's word. It's like, God, I think, you know, I'm unhappy. I think God's telling me I need to get a divorce. <clears throat> right? You know, I feel like God's, you know, saying I should you rob a bank. <clears throat> right? Because the Bible says do not steal. It's not going to go against his word. Let me apply this another way. Bill Hobbles wrote a great book entitled a few years ago, Too Busy Not to Pray. And he talks about some of these things. And one of these things, I like, he gives four warnings that when you think you've heard from God. Listen to these four warnings. They're not going to be on the screen, so just listen. If the leading requires you to make a major life-changing decision in a very short period of time, you need to question it. That's huge. I mean, let me just say this. If somebody's pressuring you to buy something or do something and you don't have enough time to pray about it or sleep on it, then the answer just needs to be no. It needs to be no. Number two, if a leading requires you to go deeply in debt or to place somebody else in a position of awkwardness, compromise, or danger, then you ought to question it. Number three, if a leading requires you to shatter family relationships or other relationships, then you need to question it. And fourth, if a leading creates unrest in the spirit of other Christians or friends or counselors, then you really need to question it. Why? Because you need to confirm God's direction in community. Now, once you've done that, once you've created margin for God, once you've kind of set your heart default to yes, whatever you ask, I'm going to say yes, once you start reading God's word, and that's hearing God's voice, and fourth, you confirm that direction and community and it's okay, then here's the next thing. You need to jump. You need to take a risk by faith. Look what happens. The men laid their hands upon them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia, and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. Let me stop right here. This is what's so interesting. The reason why they went to Cyprus is because that's where Barnabas is from. And what's so interesting here, there's this pivot point here in the book of Acts. Because up to this point, chapters 1 through 12, it's kind of been all about Peter, what he's been doing. But from here on, it's all about Paul. And Paul goes on this missionary journey, on that missionary journey, and he goes, he gets in, gets in boats, and he has shipwrecks, and he's, he's arrested, he's tortured. I mean, if you're a guy and you like action movies, the book of Acts, the rest of it is going to be amazing for you, right? If you don't like blow up, stuff like that, you're going to hate it. Welcome to One Church. But look what happens here. They took a risk of faith. Sometimes it's just time to stop praying, and you need to start doing it. Now, what you're going to find is when you start to follow God, it may not be a very convenient time. 
Here's what Ecclesiastes 11.4 says. If you wait for the perfect conditions, you're never going to get anything done. Does anybody agree with that? I mean, if you wait for the perfect conditions. How many of y'all, you're like, you said this, I'm going to wait until we get enough money so that we can start a family. You will never have enough money, right? There's just some things you got to take a jump, right? Here's the thing. The convenient time is not always the right time. The right time is not always the convenient time, but the right time is always the time when God says go. So what is God calling you to go today? For some of you, God may be calling you to sell your house and your possessions and move to a third world country and to be a missionary, just what happens with Paul and Barnabas. But for others of you, it may be that God is calling you just... He need, you, You just need to carve out more time with him every day. For others of you, it's for you to get involved in Mana Cafe or Radical Mission. For others of you, it's for you to to start serving in one of the best places where people's lives can be changed, and that's in his church. We've seen thousands of people changed because of what God has done through this church. And with some of you, you get up off the sidelines, and you're like, I'm going to start serving. I'm telling you, that's when you're going to start growing. For others of you, it's just, you know what, maybe I'm, it's time for me to get into a community group. Whatever it is, know this, learning to hear God's voice is the key to discovering who you are. Learning to hear God's voice is the key to discovering what your next step is, where you should go. Learning to hear God's voice is the solution to a thousand problems. So I want to give you a challenge today. And here's my challenge. Will you pray a prayer with me? But I'm going to warn you, this prayer is a dangerous prayer. This seven-word prayer can change the direction of your life. And this is what it is. It's on the screen behind me. It simply says this. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can you say that with me out loud? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And when you pray that seven-word prayer, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, and you just be quiet and listen to your spirit. God's nudging. Read God's word. And God will speak to you. That prayer, I'm going to be honest with you, is easier said than done. But when you do that, when you learn to hear God's voice, you will discover who you are and what God has called you to do. And you will discover what he wants in your life. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to hear your voice. God, we need to hear your voice. Lord, there's a lot of white noise all around us, God. There are a lot of competing voices, and there's a lot of self-talk. But God, I pray that you would help us. You would let us experience your word. That as we get into your word, as we talk to you, as we talk to other people, God, that you would do something in our lives, something short of miraculous. For God, you want to speak to us. You are jealous for us. You love us. And Lord, we want to hear from you today. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. 